Bibles turn to uh, Proverbs, if you would, and we'll go to chapter 3 first in just a few moments. We've been taking a little bit of time on Wednesday night to just walk through some concepts in the book of Proverbs. We talked about being a parent and what the Bible says about children in the book of Proverbs at one time. Another time, we spoke a little bit about wisdom and its attributes, and uh, that is found in chapter, chapter 10 especially, and chapter 8 especially. We talked about that. We talked a little bit last week about praise. Only six times in the book of Proverbs, the concept or the verse or the word praise is found. And three times it's praise to a lady who lives and fears and honors the Lord and takes care of her home. I thought that was a beautiful testimony. Tonight we're going to talk a little bit about blessed. You know, most everybody wants to be blessed. You know, oftentimes when you leave your friend, you say, God bless you. Because you want the Lord to make them happy. You want the Lord to encourage them and to help them and uh, their, uh, their life. I want my children to be happy. Well, the word blessed found several times in the book of Proverbs. Tonight I just want to go through and find those words. And let's just see what the Bible says that uh, a person would need to do or have in their life in order to be blessed by the Lord. So with that in mind, let's take our Bibles and turn to Proverbs chapter number 3. And I think anybody that you love, you want them to have a blessed life. Now, the, blessed, the, the word blessed most of the time means to make happy. To make happy, to be joyous, to be glad. And I think it's a very, very good attribute that you want for you. And uh, I want for my children, want for my friends. And uh, I see it oftentimes. I think the classic verse for the word blessed comes out of Pro, uh, Psalms, chapter 1, Psalm 1. Blesses the man that walketh. Not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. He said, but that man as delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law that he meditate, daytime and nighttime. Two good times to think about the Bible, daytime and nighttime, right there in that passage of Scripture. He said, if someone does that, there'll be blessing. We're talking about the book of Proverbs in particular, beginning in chapter 3, and let's look if we can, if we can look in, in chapter 3, in verse number uh, how about verse 33? 3, verse 33, read it with me if you would please. The curse of the Lord is in the house of the wicked, but he blesseth the habitation of the just. Once again, would you read it with me, everyone? The curse of the Lord is in the house of the wicked. You're going to see the word just come oftentimes in the scripture. Normally, it has to do with our treatment of others. Now, there is that person who is justified in the sight of God, but the Bible tells us he has showed the old man what is good, what the Lord has required thee, Micah chapter 6, verse 8, but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God. So usually when you see the word justice, you're talking about how someone treats another individual. Do they treat them with love and respect, with patience, with long-suffering? Uh, how, how will they treat them? The Bible wants us to treat others, look on every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. So it has to do with that a lot. But he said, if I can find a man who's, who blesses other people or who is just with others, that man's habitation, his home, where he lives, his sphere of influence will be blessed. And so we find that in chapter 3, verse number 33. Let's go to chapter 10. Can we look at chapter 10, verse number 6 and 7? Proverbs chapter 10, verse number 6 and 7, we're talking about ways in which you and I can be blessed and how it, how it surfaces in the book of Proverbs. Chapter 10, verse 6 and verse 7, let's read it together. You ready? Blessings are upon the head of the just. The memory of the just is 
but the name of the wicked shall rot. So you see a, you see a contrast between uh, wickedness and just. Someone who is unkind or cruel, wrong, uh, out of line, and then someone who treats people right and who does the right thing. He said the memory of the just is blessed. One thing that we find often is we say, but the, but the name of the wicked shall rot. It really just goes away in oblivion. And oftentimes that is certainly the case. But how many can think of someone who is now in eternity, but it blessed your life and you're so thankful for them. And their memory is something that you cherish, you appreciate, because of how they treated you and others in a, in a Christ-like way. So I think the first thing we find that brings blessing is being treating people right, justly. Let's look at the next thought real quickly. And this is wisdom, chapter 8. We went through this chapter of wisdom and talked about uh, who needs wisdom, what wisdom is, and then the value of wisdom and the attributes of wisdom. But let's look, if we can, please, together at uh, chapter 8, verse number 32, 33, and 34. I'll read 32. You read 33 and 4 with me, would you please? And now, therefore, hearken unto me, O ye children. Once again, wisdom is speaking here. It's crying out for the attention of, of children, but talking to us as well. For blessed are they that keep my ways. Would you look at verse 33 and 34? Let's listen to wisdom continue to cry out. Ready? Hear instruction, refuse it not. Blessed is the man that heareth me, watching daily at my gates, waiting. And of course, verse 35, read it together if you would please. For whoso findeth me, findeth so we find blessed is the man or the woman who practices wisdom, who listens to its invitation, accepts its invitation, and obeys the Lord. Now, a reminder just real quickly, wisdom is, in some definitions, pinpointing and practicing God's way of thinking or doing something. It is trying to say, see life through God's lenses, okay? Because there's a way that seemeth right to a man, but the end thereof, the ways of death. But it's saying, okay, Lord, how do you see this thing? That's why in problems and difficulties and different kind of trials that you and I go through, uh, James 1 says, uh, you know, count it all joy when you go into different kind of trials and diverse trials. Because the trial of your faith worketh patience, and patience um, give you more ability to face the next trial. And that's where in the context of that, James 1.5 says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him. So God, the number one thing I think we need in difficult times, is not a, a, a friend to call, not a Facebook post. What we need is wisdom from the Lord <laughs> to see this problem the way he sees it and to respond the way he wants us to respond. Because trials are diverse. They come in different packages, in different seasons. They come at you, and they're no respecter of, pro, of, of age. They're no respecter of gender. They're no respecter of, of seasons of your life. Trials are very normal for everyone. And what we need in trials is wisdom. He says, a man or woman who values wisdom, he will be a blessed person. A blessed person. So people who treat others right, there's blessings that come to that. You know, the Bible tells us, give and it shall be what? Given to you, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give into your bosom. God taps other people on the proverbial shoulder and says, be good to that person because he saw that you were good to someone else. And he says, that works, that works, that works all the way. There's one law that you and I cannot break, and that's the law of, of uh, sowing and reaping. <laughs> you, you can't uh, 
you know, sow your wild oats and pray for crop failure. It's not going to happen. What, you, what, you, what comes around goes around. That's not a Bible verse, but that is a very true thing. And we can't break that law. What you sow, so you, you learn to treat people right, God's going to bring blessing to your life. You learn to exercise wisdom, that always will bring a blessing to our home and to our life and to our future. Let's continue on, if we can, please. Uh, look at chapter 11, verse number 11. Chapter 11 and verse number 11, would you mind reading out loud with me, if you would, please? By the blessing of the upright, the city is exalted. Okay, now there's a blessing to who, to who in this passage of Scripture? The upright. Now, I would like to challenge many of you, and of course many of you, I hope if you have not gotten the read your Bible through in a year in different ways, and I'm telling you why several people told me, Pastor, I've really enjoyed that, reading the Gospels one day, the law one day, the history one day, and some of you are doing that, and I hope you will find a way to read the Bible through the uh, the the. the um, the Bible reading schedules are out on the, on the tables there. Take one. And if you say, Pastor, I haven't done it. It's the third, week, third day of, of January. Well, go make up, make up. It's not hard to read six more verses there to catch up. Six more chapters. I think you'll enjoy that. It'll be a blessing to you. But uh, we find here, you're going to find in the Bible, the Bible majors on the concept of righteousness. Righteous, righteousness, upright. I'd like to encourage you, when you read your Bible and you find that, maybe put an asterisk or underline or highlight the word upright righteousness. It's really key in uh, raising children. When you're raising children, you need to ask them, is that, did you do what was right? Sometimes we jump all over them, but we need to ask them, did you do the right thing? Was that right? Because the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. He said the, 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 the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. It's not rules and regulations. But it is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. The first thing out of the box here is righteousness. Uh, the Bible reminds us, even the reason God gave us the Bible. He, said for the, he talks about the, the word of God is given to us for doctrine, for reproof, for instruction. Uh, for, for doctrine, reproof, correction, and instruction in what? So he's going he's gonna, to he's gonna major on that many times. Well, here we find the upright man will be, there'll be blessings when the upright man is exalted. Let's look at a couple of other things I see in chapter 11. This is not part of the message, but I think you'll enjoy it. Look at verse 18, would you? The wicked worketh a deceitful work, but to him that soweth what? Shall be a, there is a reward for doing the right thing. Verse number 19. As righteousness tendeth to life, so he that pursueth evil pursueth it to his own what? He said, the righteous way of doing things tendeth to life. Uh, verse number 20. They that are of a froward heart are an abomination to the Lord, but such as are upright in their way are his delight. You delight the Lord when you, when you live in an upright fashion. Now let's be, let's, if we can, please look at verse 28, if you don't mind. There's other verses there, but verse 28 he that trusteth in his riches shall fall, but righteousness shall flourish how? As a branch. He said, he said if you learn to do the right thing, this is, this is what God will do. So we find if we will live in an upright manner, God will honor. Let's look at chapter 11, verse number 26. Here's another person that will be blessed, people who, um, who are just, treat people right, people who exercise wisdom, people who do the right thing. Now look in verse number 24. Would you mind looking at 11, verse 24? There is that scattereth and yet 
increases. There is that withholdeth more than is meet, and it tendeth to poverty. Would you mind reading that verse with me out loud again, everybody together? There is that scattereth, there is that withholdeth more than is meet. It's a unique verse. He said there are people that, that scatter their excess and give it to other people, and yet they have more than they need, even in that process. And there are people who withhold more than they need and are greedy and stingy and hoard what they have, and yet they tend to poverty. That's a biblical proverb that God tells us there. And that goes right in. It plays right into God. God always blesses giving and generosity and commends it. He always condemns greed and covetousness. And, you know, when it comes to giving uh, to the Lord and others, we ought to be very quick to say, Lord, what do you want me to do there? And uh, how many have experienced a few times in your life where you gave and you weren't sure how to do it, what you should do, but you did it and God honored you so fast it make your head spin? Do you ever remember that, doing that? Maybe your head didn't spin like mine did. But nonetheless, he, you could see God, you did this because God prompted you to do it and he blessed you so quickly for that. And you know, you only experience that when you learn to, to learn to be prompted by the Holy Spirit of God. Learn to obey every spiritual prompting that God gives us, and especially in the area of gift. Because when God prompts me to give, I'm always thinking, well, I might, I might need that. I might want to keep that. I don't know. I'm not sure what's going to happen in the future. And uh, God doesn't want us to be foolish, but I think he always wants us to be obedient, submissive. Look at the next verse, if you would, please. We're looking at chapter 11, verse 25. Read it with me. The liberal soul shall be made fat. And he that watereth shall be watered also himself. Verse 26, are you ready? He that withholdeth corn, the people shall curse him. Okay, when someone has a chance to do good to someone else, and they do it, there is blessings on their head. The Bible says, let him that stole, this is in Ephesians chapter 4, uh, a passage in the New Testament said, let him that stole, don't steal anymore. But rather work with your own hands. That which is good, that means to get enough that you can take care of. Good, speak of what you need and what you have left over. That you have that which is good so that you can have to give to those that need it. Uh, to him that knoweth to do good. In context, as someone who knows they have enough to share. If you know that God's prompted you, you know to do good and you don't do it, that's sin. When God has prompted my heart to take the excess that he's given me for a certain purpose, and I don't do it, it's sinful. When you see the word good, and of course the, uh, the context of um, where the Bible says in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, and then joy, and then those are all internal. Those are in the inside of you, they're on the inside of me. But then he goes to those things that are external. And he says, and long-suffering, and gentleness, and goodness. Okay, so those things, uh, those three attributes, they don't, they're not internal. Those are things that are external. Those are things that I exercise, long-suffering. You see two concepts in the New Testament, patience and long-suffering. Patience normally is being patient, being, working through a, a situation that, that is not a person that's responsible, Okay. Uh, so, for instance, if you have a, a, a flat on your car this evening, you can't get up and say, well, I'm going to find out who did this to me. No, it's not really a person. It's just flats happen to cars sometimes. If you go turn your car on and you're like, oh, 
who, who did this? No, you don't have anybody to do that. That's, that's just stuff that happens. When you get the sniffles or you get a flu, you can't go around, yeah, I'm, I'm telling you who, who I, it was that guy that shook my hand in church. That's why I have this. Well, you, you might be able to do that, but not, not with accuracy. The truth of the matter is, getting sick is part of being a human being. There are things that happen that it's not anyone's fault, and, and God says, that for those things, you're going to need patience. But there are always someone in your sphere of influence that is aggravating you. How many, you've got, a, you've got someone in your mind's eye right now. You're thinking they're staying up at night thinking of ways to complicate your life, right? But, you know, usually in, in humanity, there is somebody that just kind of, just kind of, you're, you're, they just, you need long suffering with them because they just kind of rub you. How they scratch their head gets on your nerves. How they walk or what they do, like, oh, man. I don't even know why they said, they said that just embarrassed me publicly. You know, and that person you're going to need long-suffering with. So he says, love, joy, peace, that's internal. Long-suffering, gentleness, graciousness with people, and goodness, that's giving. Those are things we do external. And, and of course, goodness, what makes me good to give, good, gives goodness to me, is the spirit-filled life. By myself, I'm as selfish as anyone else that would be out there without the Spirit of God. But when I have the Spirit of God, He lets me be practice goodness. And then the last three are heavenly. So the first three are inward, the next three are outward, and the last three are upward. And they have to do with, uh, with, with meekness and faith and temperance. And those are what we exercise toward God. Uh, faith is trusting God and obeying Him. Temp meekness is letting God set my pace, to let him set my agenda, and I follow him. I'm content with his, the place I am, the pace he is. I trust in his pace for my life. Uh, meekness, another a definition of that is, uh, is, is submitting to another's pace or agenda and, and not trying adjusting myself to their pace or agenda. That's what God wants me to do. Temperance is letting God temper my life and my responses to situations. These are things that God wants us to know. But goodness has to do with giving. And a person who learns to give will be blessed. That's what the Bible's teaching there. Let's go, if we can, to another one. Let's look at that. So we've looked at just. A just person's blessed. A person who exercises wise decisions is blessed. Someone who does the right thing is blessed. Someone who's generous or giving unselfish is blessed. Can we look, if we can, please, at chapter 20, verse number 7. 20, verse 7. And while you're looking at chapter 20, let's look at chapter 22, verse 9. That kind of goes along with a little bit of the, um, of the thought there. Look at chapter 22, verse 9. And let me have all the men read that. Would you please, men? Everybody, ready? He that hath a bountiful eye shall be, but he that giveth to... Once again, let me have the girls read that. Ladies, you ready? Chapter 22, verse 9. Ready? He that... And so, once again, a person who is a generous person, God says, there is blessings that come to that. Chapter 20 now. Can we look there at chapter 20 and verse number 7? Chapter 20 and verse number 7. Let's all read it together. And it speaks of a just man. Ready? The just man walketh his integrity. One of the things I love is I, I'm grateful that God allowed me to be a dad. Isn't uh, that something that God put in my, in my life? He doesn't give it to everyone, and, but most people have that opportunity. But to some, it's not been their privilege. But I really, but to having children, you want them to be blessed. 
You want them to be blessed. And a lot of their blessings rest heavily upon my willingness to exercise justice. He said to your own, to your father, uh, don't, to your, he said to you, to your, don't move your landmarks of your father's. Be a, be a good friend to your father's friend. But my justness, your, your, your treatment of other people will oftentimes play in to the, the treatment you'll have for your child. And many of you young people, you're blessed because you had a dad and mom that, that were, were gracious. And we all have that opportunity. It's not all, everybody has that. You say, Pastor, I don't. My dad did not, he did not practice justice with people, and so I don't have the same blessing. Well, then you need to stop that cycle and decide, you know what? If God ever makes me a dad, my kids are going to be blessed because their dad's going to do the right thing. And I think it's a beautiful thing. His children uh, are blessed because of adjustment of his dad. Okay, let's look at another one real quickly. This one was a little unusual for me. Look at chapter 22, verses 24 and 25. Chapter 24, verse number 24 and 25. And let's look at it and let's read it together. Can we please? Proverbs 24, verse 24 and 25. Let's read it. And let's read 23 as well. Do you mind? Here we go. These things also belong to the wise. It is not good to have respective persons in judgment. Now, verse number 24 he that saith unto the wicked, Thou art righteous, him shall the people curse, nations shall abhor him. But to them that rebuke him shall be delight, and the good blessings shall come upon them. Those who are willing to rebuke the wicked and stand up uh, against the wickedness uh, that, is, that is practiced. It seems like to me when someone is willing to stand up and, and uh, address a wicked situation, Sometimes I think young, most of our teenagers are out of the, the building tonight and, and with Brother Abdel as he is teaching them this evening. But many of us have opportunities sometimes to stand up. And how many have ever had a, something to happen and you felt like God told you, you need to say something? You need to stop doing that. I remember years ago I was in a, in a locker room and I heard, I heard some guys saying things they shouldn't say. And, and it, was, it, was, it, it grieved my heart. And I just kind of wanted to walk out, and I, and I, I didn't know exactly what to do because it, everyone was laughing, but I didn't think it was funny, and I know God didn't think it was funny. And I went over to my friend, and his, I, I'll, I'll refrain from saying his name, but I said, you know, bud, uh, what you said was wicked and wrong. We're in a Christian school, and what you said was wicked and wrong. And I'm going to ask uh, either uh, you're going to go tell uh, coach or the principal what you did, what you said, or I'm going to. And so I'll give you till tomorrow to do that. And uh, he said, John, I know I shouldn't have said that. I said, just, just go, talk to, go tell them what you did so that you can, you can get right with them. And uh, you ought to apologize to the guys here. He said, no, I, I know, John, I know. That was wrong. I shouldn't have done that. He said, but I will. I'll go tell coach. And he did. But, you know, at the same time, it's not always fun to that. It's miserable sometimes to make those things. But I think every once in a while we just, uh, the Bible says for someone who is willing to stand up against a wickedness, he said that person will be blessed. Let's look at the last one real quickly, if we can, please. We're talking about people that are blessed. We're blessed when we do, when we treat people right and just, when we're wise, when we are upright, do the right thing, when we're generous and a giver, not selfish, when we, uh, when we do what's right, our children are blessed. And um, then we reprove the wicked. Now let's look at chapter 28, verse number 20. 28, 20. 
And let's all read it together. Can we please? A faithful man shall abound with blessing. You know, the process of just keep on doing the right thing when oftentimes you don't see the benefit of it. Um, I think that is what's in the... Because it, it, it is contrasted with someone who's trying to get rich fast versus someone who will just continually be faithful through the long haul. And I think, uh, I think that the thought is, is being faithful. Apostle Paul tells uh, Timothy, he said, I want you to be like the farmer. He's just faithful, and then he becomes fruitful. You know, a farmer gets very little fruit in June or July. But those are hard months. He's praying for rain. He's hoeing the weeds. He is uh, trying to irrigate. He doesn't get anything good till usually the end of harvest, which is April, August, and September. But those middle days where you're waiting, um, James says, for the, lad, for, the, for the early and the latter rain, someone is willing to wait and go through the difficult times in waiting. But the Bible says, a faithful man shall abound with blessing. Some of you may be in a season of life where you are doing the right thing, but you're not seeing a lot of fruit from it. You're not seeing, you're like, man, I, I'm trying to do what's right, and it still feels like I'm miserable, I'm lonely, I'm frustrated, my finances haven't improved, I forgave that person, and, and I think they're going to do the same thing wrong to me again. <laughs> you're, you're going through some things that you're having setbacks. Let me encourage you, a faithful man shall abound with blessing. But people who want shortcuts and quick, quick, uh, quick responses to everything they're doing, they'll not be innocent. They'll usually have to get into some crooked stuff. Being faithful, not, not letting, um, you know, whenever you're, when you're going through a semester, I oftentimes teach young people, boy, in that middle of semester, you're too far from the beginning to be excited, and you're too far from the end to be excited. So you're sitting in the middle thinking, man, am I supposed to be here or not? Your school bill's due, you're, you're tired, you're frustrated. You know, you need to do in that, in that moment, continue being faithful. Sometimes marriages are that way where every marriage hits a wall. Every marriage goes through seasons where... You're just not, it's just not clicking on all cylinders. That you want you to do, you keep on going. You trust God and you, and, you, and, you, and, you, and you keep working at it. And I pray that God will help us with that. These are things that, that God says that bring a blessing. And you can look, maybe find some more. I think I picked out most of the ones I saw in the book of Proverbs. But a lot of blessed things that take place. I'm looking forward to studying this together again later. Let's pray.